ghouls. Son of a bitch. What are we talking about? Yeah, now? funny little green ghouls. Go what? Like in movies and cartoons? What a little green ghouls, buddy! Don't write ghouls. I'm not! Alright, guys. Uh welcome to Area 215. This is Sam Money Moss. I'm Aaron the Two Inch Punisher. Batman. Just um, <laughs> So we're trying out this new thing where we're not in the same room with each other and we're trying to record from Zoom. So uh, bear with us if we sound a little weird, but we made a really cool drink. Batman and and Sam. See, now we can go back and just take it out. Batman and Sam made a very good drink. Yes. Uh, Batman, do you want to go into it? Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean... You do it. I... <laughs> okay. So without giving too much away, because we want you to subscribe to our Patreon, it is basically a spicy, sweet mezcal drink. Or smoky, more so. So it's got yeah. a little little bit of mezcal in there, some cucumber juice, some special heat. ingredients, and then a weird kiwi-flavored soda. Which was, you guys were right, super weird to open. Yeah. Like, I thought I broke the bottle when I popped that uh, ball out. But oddly, I feel like you can find these sodas in most cities, so you should be fine. Yeah, uh, I can post up a picture of what the actual soda looks like, but everything else you're going to need to go to the Patreon for. Yup. Yeah, dude, I totally thought that I broke it. Or I was like, am I stupid? It's the sodas that have the, like... The ball on the top that you have to push down, and, and I the was glass. Never... It's a glass ball and a glass bottle. Yeah. However, it, even though like the color of it is off-putting when you first see it, you think it's like going to be super potent with sugar, but it's not. Yeah. It's actually very mild. Yeah, it's not that um, sweet we, at all. Yeah, we actually had to add uh, a very small amount of sweetness ourselves after that. So none of us really like sweet drinks. So we try to create things that look really cool and taste really well without it mainly being all like sugar juice and stuff like that. Yeah. Like super syrupy. Right. Yeah. Um, Unless it's Jaeger, then it can be syrupy. I love Jaeger. Fucking love Jaeger. We should do an episode um, where we just drink Jaeger. Oh God. I just started to figure out what self-love was this year. Let's not. (laughs) <laughs> that is self-love so what was the name we wanted to go with this is it going to be ectogasm i also yeah. like ectoplastered too they're ectoplastered both- is also good yeah, yeah i mean they're both they're both a fun time it depends think- on where you are in your day yeah exactly that and just the type of person you are you know how you feeling ectogasm will get you ectoplastered yes <laughs> ectogasming gets you ectoplasming which is Ooh. ghost come busting makes me feel good <laughs> all right so ghosts this is what we're leading into with this drink we're talking about ghosts yeah ghost this knows, flawless just seamless segue um <laughs> so we got like super excited about the well we just got super overwhelmed i guess is a better way to say it with information from our last episode like looking into the institutes and stuff and we kind of 
didn't have enough time to talk about ghosts. No. So we're, so we're going to talk about them. Um, so part of the issue with collecting evidence on ghostly phenomena is because we do not have one universally agreed upon definition of what a ghost is. So like some people speculate that they're multidimensional beings. It could be the dead who are like, quote unquote, lost telepathic entities projected into the world, poltergeist, residential hauntings, intellectual spirits, shadow people, all kinds of shit. But nobody really agrees on what it is. So they just stay in like the vein of speculation, even though people have like been trying, like reaching for concrete evidence of ghosts. Okay. Just just okay. 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 So as of 2018, Hmm. somewhere between 45 and 58 percent of people polled believed in ghosts or the paranormal. I don't know who they were interviewing or where they got these numbers, and they varied super widely within the one year. But um, despite the fact that we have zero evidence that ghosts exist, one in five people across the U.S. believe that they have encountered or seen the presence of a ghost, which is seems like a lot of people. Yeah, I was just thinking that one in five people across the U.S. I mean, I guess out of the three of us here, who has believed they've been in the presence of a ghost? I think think literally all of us. Yeah, I mean, I'm always, like, weird about calling it a ghost or, like, whatever. I mean, you guys, I've told you guys, I'll share my story one day at some point when I'm less nervous about it. Well, at least, Um, like, some sort of paranormal, like, entity. Yeah, if I was to lump it in with something, it'd probably be that because it can't be anything else. But does one of you want to go through like six possible scientific reasons for ghosts? Uh, sure. Six possible scientific reasons for ghosts. Low frequency sound. I don't know what that means. So it, so the idea that like ultra low frequency can mess with your brain waves and kind of like throw it off and create images in the whatever part of your brain that your eyes are using. <laughs> okay, so is that that kind of goes into mold? So like you know, because of delirium, dementia, and feelings of fear. And I'll tell also... you what, that's fucking real. I've like I know both of you know that I'm allergic to mold, but like this is what has happened to me. Like I've been in places with black mold specifically, and other types of mold that have like made me feel just terrified for like no reason is this like some of the idea of your brain kind of wants to make sense of like the void almost like you know when you like i think this one is more your brain's trying to protect you it's trying to tell you that this area is not good for your health so leave okay like that's kind of how i thought of like the way those could connect Okay, oh, so no, I'm not a fucking brain doctor. No, that's fair. I was reading it and I didn't realize that you meant like mold as in like mold mold. I was like at first like mold, like molding your brain. So oh, I don't know. Like the way your your fucking shit fires. Yeah. Carbon monoxide, which can lead to uh an unexplained feeling of dread, which, which I that think makes... is the same as mold. Yeah. So a lot of this is just like kind of putting your subconscious into like a fight or flight mode which can kind of lead to delirium and um just seeing things i guess right yeah i mean that's that's what i was 
reading. That's how I was like, you know, digesting that. Okay, just, sorry. Yeah, it just seems like your body's just like, get the fuck out. Let me go back to them because I feel like I had to ask a question about every one of them. Uh, low frequency sound, mold, carbon monoxide, power of suggestion, drafts, um, like drafts in your house. I've literally read that as drafts and I was thinking beer and I was like, weird. But I mean, like, you work too much. Yeah. Um, well, we have 14 of those, 14 draft lines. 14 draft lines, guys. What do you have on draft? I have 14 different beers on draft. I'm not reading every one of them to you. Well, what do you got? Read the menu, please. I'm like, what style do you like? And they're like, everything beer. And you're just like, oh, no, the, like? the worst. Like, fucking well gin. Stop asking me questions. The worst is surprise me. And then you bring them <laughs> something and they fucking hate it. Even if it's basic, you're like, you just want beer? Here's a Pilsner. Shut the fuck up. And they're like, what is this, a lager? Get out of here. What is this, craft beer? I just want beer-tasting beer. Is it supposed to surprise you with a Corona light? I could piss in a jar for you. I used to think that Miller Light tasted like pubes and water, but now I'm into it. (laughs) Your palate is changing, I suppose. Yeah, I like pubes and water now. (laughs) All right, let me... me Don't... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to be fair my cocktail does not taste like pubes and water that's not what she's saying it doesn't no. but it does have these fun little ghosties flying through yeah mm. that's part of the secret i was gonna tell people about that last little pinch of something we added but no you don't all right so <laughs> back to what we were doing um okay so the last six possible scientific reason for ghosts is that we enjoy being afraid our brains release dopamine when we're afraid, um, as well as like kind of any emotion. So like, I mean, I think it's funny to be scared. So like, you I know, love it. that's like kind of proof that that exists. So like all of these things, I feel like, yeah, like scientific reasons for like lack, I guess like your brain lacking oxygen or just like you wanting like some sort of high is what it sounds like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like an yeah. adrenaline rush. We like, yeah, we we search for things that scare us so that yes. we can. Yeah, that's fun. All right, cool. So there is this guy Benjamin Radford who wrote an article in Live in the Live Science Contributor in 2017 called "Argos Real Evidence Has Not Materialized," and he had this. Re- I I don't know. I just really liked this sentence. I, I'm a fan of sentences and the way words go together. You're so cute. Um, <laughs> like words. Um, and it's if ghosts exist and be can be scientifically detected or recorded, then we should have hard evidence of that, yet we don't. If ghosts exist but cannot be scientifically detected or recorded, then all photos, videos, and audio or other recording claim to be the evidence of ghosts cannot be ghosts. But then there's this little old guy named Albert Einstein. You heard of him? Yeah, little oh, man. Shit. Yeah, so he had this thing that we like to call, just a little guy, first law of thermodynamics. So this law basically states that if energy cannot be created or destroyed, it can only change forms, then what happens to our body's energy when we die? Could it somehow be manifested as a ghost? So he states it goes into the environment, released in the form of heat, and the animal's, cons- and the animal's consumption of us? I don't know what I meant by that sentence. That sounds like farts. It's yeah, it sounds like they eat us. Yeah. Um, 
There is no energy that survives death to be detected by popular ghost hunting devices. So what he's saying is that thing that a lot of nurses say that they feel when they're in um, a space with someone who like dies in front of them. Um, there have been a lot of claims by like nurses and doctors that say that they either one feel the energy or like see the energy leaving a person. Well, it must be places. like a really intense experience to literally watch somebody take their last breath. Yeah, I mean, and and they they did this thing where so many people were seeing it, so they started weighing bodies before and after they died, and there's like a certain amount of grams that is missing from the body after they die. That's weird. Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Another thought on what like why we may see ghosts is that we are experiencing sleep paralysis or hallucinations. I don't know. This is one I hear all the time. I'm sure you guys have also. No, totally. Do you guys know anybody who? Has yes. experienced sleep paralysis? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Have either of you? Um, uh, only a couple of times. Once. Only a couple of times. God. Um, I still don't know if I have, so that's why I'm asking. I know someone that has them regularly, though. Yeah, and they whatever I've had seems so much less intense than that, but then I'm not sure if that's my, like, threshold of fear versus their threshold of fear and, like, perception of mm-hmm. these, you know, but... So the person that I know who experiences sleep paralysis, Bats, you actually know too. I'm um, sure we're thinking the same person. Yeah. Uh, so he actually is narcoleptic. And, oh, no. Not oh, the same person. Okay, never mind. <laughs> so he will experience sleep paralysis a lot. But from what we've talked about, he doesn't really view it as like a ghostly apparition or like a lot of people will say that they see like some sort of demonist like thing in the corner he Mm. is super into aliens so he he sees aliens yeah so it's also weird too because i'm part of this weird art group and there was somebody the one day in the art group who shared the sleep paralysis demon that they see every night when they experience sleep paralysis so i started reading through the comments and all of these other people started sharing some of their artwork and all of it was really similar. Oh, like God. there was plenty of people in that group that like spans out. Like it's not just like a Philly thing. It's like an all over worldly thing. And there's plenty of people in the group who all see the same thing and they all have like paintings or drawings or something that they've drawn or like done to represent the things that they see. And apparently one of them is like this man in a hat. Mm. So Yeah. It's like real life Elm Street. Yeah. Yeah, that's a huge one. So basically what's happening is uh, when you're sleeping, your body alternates between REM and NREM sleep, which is rapid eye movement and non-rapid eye movement sleep. When your eyes are rapidly moving, that's that's when dreams are created. So during the NREM sleep, your body's relaxed. And then in REM sleep, you dream and all of your muscles turn off. So if you start to wake up during REM sleep and your body is not yet conscious, it like starts creating dreams while your muscles are still paralyzed, but it's during a time that you're not supposed to actually be creating dreams. It's very weird. Um, And this can happen between like the three and 20 minutes that it takes for us to like transition from REM to NREM sleep. It's super like, it's basically your body flips and your eyes start waking up before your body. Your body's supposed to wake up before your eyes, yeah. or else you stay paralyzed. It's fucking terrifying. <laughs> All right, so our brain also does this thing called 
periandolia. So this is when your brain finds meaning in meaningless things. So that's it's why we see like certain shapes and clouds or like faces in the moon. So your the brain processes top down. So it adds information to your perception of the world. But since most of the time there's too much information coming in at once, like even when you just like glance outside, your brain cannot pick up everything that's going on. Um, so your brain starts to like fill in the gaps and it fills in the gaps with familiar things that you know. And like, we know faces, like people know faces. It's something that like we recognize. So then people put faces on things that aren't actually there. So, and, and this can happen with um, EVPs too. So electronic voice phenomena, you know, when you're like watching a ghost hunting show and you're like, I have no idea what that thing just said. And then all of a sudden you can read the caption and you're like, oh, I hear that now. Yeah. Yeah. It's that. So your brain does that with faces and voices. And, you know, that's kind of, that links to what happens with sleep paralysis and why people see things, but it doesn't really explain why everybody sees the same types of faces or like the same people in hats. Like, also, this drink just finished it. Swimming. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, I'm not that far off. I did put more kiwi soda in it so I could make it last. Mm-hmm. I just dumped the whole thing in mine. Oh, I dumped <laughs> a lot of mine in there, but it still did. I did a little bit more than half this time so I could make it last longer, too. I like how it still got the same color all around. Sorry, I'm done. Yeah, me too. Yeah, it's a fun time. I don't know. So, I mean, maybe that brings us to the idea of selective attention. Um, <laughs> so that's kind of what happens when you, like, look at something. There's so much information for your brain to process that it just kind of picks one of them. And because of that, you usually, like, miss a lot of things that are going on. So um, because you're, like, absorbed in that one thing, you miss the fact that, like, your cat's doing some weird shit over here. Right. Um which she's not. Elvira's just sleeping and she's so cute right now. I felt bad earlier. My two cats were like fighting with each other. And then all of a sudden my dog wanted to get Pennywise, which she's never wanted to do. I, oh, I thought you were going to keep going. Nope. That's my your, story. Your voice, my went like talk. your voice went like up at the end, like you're from the Poconos. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you just call me a mountain person. That should be a compliment for you. Yeah, man. You blend in with the surrounding. Um, <laughs> um, so, yeah. So ghost hunting has always been like a class-based activity. It makes sense. It's like if you're studying anything, it means you have fucking leisure time. You got to have a lot of money and then just be able to sit back in like the 1880s and just like read about ghosts. Like most people had to like, you know, take care of their families and also, do a fuck ton of backbreaking work. Ghost hunting equipment, because I, like, shady started looking up some, like, ghost hunting equipment to surprise us all with. It's not that cheap. No. 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 It's not cheap at all. For something that, like, is this real? <laughs> yeah, for something Hello? that, like, you're not sure. It's not, like, fucking, like, fishing or, like, fucking, and, like, deciding you're gonna like join a roller derby team where you're like i know this stuff is gonna come in handy like, no it doesn't i broke my fucking leg playing roller derby bad oh, bad example i don't know it was the thing the only other thing i could think of was boating and then i was like that's too much water um <laughs> whatever keep going so many hobbies <laughs> all right so these guys had hobbies in 1882 the society for 
cyclical research, I don't know why that word is always so hard for me to read, was established as the first society conduct or- to conduct organized scholarly research into human experiences that challenge contemporary scientific models. So they were a bunch of dudes talking about ghosts and shit in like 1882. Uh, they studied hypnotism, disassociation, uh, thought transference, mediumship, the belief that people can be sensitive to electricity, uh, magnetism, and radiated heat, which is huge in ghost equipment things. Ghost equipment. Ghost equipment. <laughs> they also studied apparition and haunted houses, and they introduced the idea of telepathy. <laughs> so the first president was this guy, Henry Cedric. The only reason I put him down in any of this was because he promoted education, higher education for women, and started Newman College. He married Eleanor Cedric, who's considered the first real Ghostbuster. Which I was just Sick. like, that's fucking cool. Ghostbuster makes me feel good. Oh, and he he did come out with this idea of the tape recording theory, which is it comes up a little bit later, but it's essentially like when you see a ghost that's stuck on repeat. So, like, it might be, like, every day at the same time or once a year, a little girl shows up riding her bike down this one road. And she rides down this specific stretch of road and always does the same thing. And she never knows that you're there. And it's just, like, you're basically stuck on repeat. Right. He was the one that realized that things could happen like that. He also, um, he was the one who exposed Helena Blavatsky, which I thought was pretty cool. uh, Mm. Because she was... Big old fraudster. Yep. Flim flam lady. She's running around being like, I understand all this fucking shit. All of these all of these higher powers and different dimensions. And she was a crackpot. Wait, I don't know who that is. So she She was like a chick that she would like travel all around the world learning different like esoteric uh belief systems and like ways of like mediumship and stuff. She was okay. like one. She was a medium, and she was she would run back and forth from like the east to the west and spouting all this shit. She was sort of like um, if uh, Rasputin continued like wandering instead <laughs> of like going to live with royalty. I like right. how you also use Rasputin to explain to me things. <laughs> Yeah, but you get it. Um, yeah, cool. All right, let's talk about ghosts, like different kinds of ghosts. Yay! There were all these places that were like, there's five types of ghosts, or there's like nine types of ghosts. And I was like, I don't know, all of these seem pretty different. So there's a lot of types of ghosts, and a lot of them overlap. Like you can have like multiple of these descriptors, but they're just ways that we talk about ghosts. Ghost shit. Okay, ghost stuff. Vengeful ghosts. <laughs> All right, so they return from the afterlife to seek revenge, generally for cruel or unjust causes of death, sometimes individuals who have not been giving proper funerals. People have thought of the idea of, like, a vengeful ghost since, like, ancient, ancient times, like, the before four times. So usually they're identified as female, which, like, whatever. They can be exercised and appeased, Plenty of cultures have specific burial uh, burial or funerary rites. So, like, I think one of the best examples of that is in Haiti, how they um, used to, and I'm sure there are still certain ways that, like, they bury people that are, that mirror this. 
Um, but when there was a large belief in zombies and zombifications or zombies, they had very specific burial rites and people had to like chill there for a couple weeks just to make sure that somebody didn't come back as a zombie. There were like all these things that they had to do. And these, if somebody missed out on that, then they're punished for it by becoming a zombie. But like, it's, it's not really that that's poor wording, but if you don't, Help assist somebody into the afterlife a certain way they can get stuck and that one is that one doesn't have a very good ending so i feel and i feel like it's one that people maybe people don't know that maybe only i know that maybe only i care about zombies enough zombies i fucking hate zombies you don't you don't like zombies i don't love zombies but i've been obsessed with them probably for i don't know since a very young age but the thing that actually really freaked me out the most was a robot apocalypse because I think that is likely, and I'm still, as you guys know, afraid of that. That's why robot apocalypse, man. That's why I'm not good with technology. I really feel like the only um, robot that I trust is the milkshake machine at Wawa because it doesn't. You even can't get even trust it. that. No, because yeah. it doesn't even get it right, though. That's what I mean. It's not even fucking a smart robot. So that's why I'm like, you know what? You're you're cool, man. Because it's a shitty robot, you're like, yeah. But also, like, their their ice cream for the milkshakes probably, like, freezer burnt. I'm doing a tangent, but I, that's the only robot I trust. Yeah, and I feel like if there was a robot takeover, the only thing a milkshake machine do could just be, like, spin in place. Like, it's not like it can, like, jump at you. Those things are usually pretty heavy. He's kind of like the guy from Rick and Morty. He's like, what's my purpose? And they're like, you pass butter, dude. Yeah. I pass butter. Okay, but okay. even that guy has access to knives. Like, right. so this is what I'm doing for the robot apocalypse. I'm going to collect all of the Furbies and those robot dogs, and I'm going to create a fucking army. I hate those robot dogs. So uh, I'm not a big fan of Furbies. Yeah, you can't trust them. That's how you rule them. <laughs> all right, uh, interactive personalities. Um. Active ghosts. Like Furbies. Much like Furbies, ghosts can have interactive personalities. Um, so they are the most common experiences. They're separated into familiar personalities, historical personalities, and anonymous personalities. So like they can be your mom, they can be someone that you have don't have any like recollection of ever seeing, or they can be like fucking Ben Franklin. Um hey, B Franks. Hey. Um, so they can interact with the linear world of space and time. So they're visible to us. They can make noise. They can touch you and they can emit odors. I mean, all of them have varying degrees of abilities. So like some can make noise and not make you smell them or have no reason for you to smell them really. No. Yeah. So any of those things can make something interactive. Smell me. (laughs) So these guys generally retain parts of their former personalities usually they're trying to like share important information or people believe that these are ones that can have like unfinished business so they're like rogue ghosts they got shit to do rogue ghosts yeah but they they can be like happy or sad or you know angry or whatever they fluctuate there's a wide range then there's non-interactive ghosts so they appear oblivious to their surroundings and there's a question of whether or not they choose to be interactive or they're, if they're stuck in a loop so they can't interact. Does that make sense? No, yeah. Totally. 
Okay, cool. Then, there's no real way that I set any of this up. This was just different things. So, ectoplasm. Ectogasm. (laughs) (laughs) So, ectoplasm is a substance or spiritual energy that was, quote-unquote, exercised by the physical medium. Said to be formed during a trance state. They excrete, like, a gauze-like substance from... (laughs) orifices on the medium's body and the spiritual entities are said to drape the substance over their non-physical body it's ghost cup it's web-like it's gauze-like i don't like it i actually Ooh. hate when people say that they're rope is so gross to me <laughs> So unlike our drinks, they can be clear or almost invisible, but they will darken. <laughs> um, they merge. Ecto mist. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm reading ahead. But what? I feel like this is getting kinky. It does get pretty kinky. I wrote nothing about ghost sex. We should do a thing about ghost sex. Why did you not read anything about ghost sex? I'm going to quick and look up some already, ghost sex stuff. Because I already have like 10 pages of bullshit. All right, all right, all right. Um, so they merge into extenic for, an extenic force, which is a physical force that's said to emit from the phys- medium's person that allows them to direct their will. So like the medium's like, hey, give me that. And then they're like, okay, here you go, lady. Spectrophilia is what it's called when you have sex with a ghost. Yeah, dude. There's people who like have broken up whole ass relationships to go be with ghosts. Sorry, I'm sorry. This is this is an article, and I might read it to you <laughs> later and record it. But uh, a ghost is the perfect quarantine sex partner. No, they're not, because there have been instances where people fucking divorce their ghosts to be with another ghost. What is happening? All right, I'm going to read this later. Keep going. All right, so then we got Batman's favorite word. It's ectomus. Um, <laughs> so it's basically a vaporous cloud of the same shit. So it's usually like several feet off the ground. It can move super fast or stay still. Um, sometimes it becomes a full body apparition, and it can be white, gray, or black. So you're walking in a ghost come. <gasps> And then it just it's becomes like a baby. A ghost fart. Ugh. Think of like a ghost fart. Ew. As opposed to like ghost cum. Okay. That's the difference between ectomist and ectoplasm. Cute. Alright, then there are poltergeists. Wait. Before what? we go further, I just want to say, so if you're saying ectomist could be like a ghost fart, honestly, earlier when you were saying that people got lighter because their energy left them, and we all know that when people sit there for a while, they usually fart or shit themselves what mm-hmm. if ghosts the way that our energy leaves our bodies through farts and we're just really like really farts when we're ghosts. and that's what turns so that's actually the what they that's actually what they say that is they're just like well they shit themselves so of course they're lighter <laughs> so ghosts are just shit and i mean i already feel like shit so continue mm-hmm. i can't wait to die dude it's gonna be tight i'm gonna throw Sam in the trash and light it on fire. Yeah, because I got jaundice or some shit. Alright, whatever. <laughs> Keep going. Poltergeist. Alright, then there's poltergeist. They're noisy ghosts and they have the ability to move and interact with physical environments. Uh, they usually start slowly and intensify over time, varying from safe to dangerous interactions. 
Uh, they're said to attach to a person rather than be attached to a place or an object. The earliest claims date back to the first century, but become more common in the early 1600s. Generally, the apparitions of adolescent girls who throw objects or fool around with you just to fuck with people. They're motivated to cause mischief because they understand that that's what gets the most reaction out of people. So that's what like increases their ability to cause mischief. Yes. <laughs> what do you got? What do you got, Bats? I'm <laughs> I'm just so excited for this next one. When you're done this little paragraph, I have a comment. About orbs? Yep. Talk to us about orbs. You wait. Okay. Uh so <laughs> everybody knows what poltergeists are. Let's talk about orbs. <laughs> yes, we'll talk about orbs. So the most photographed types of ghosts are orbs. They're transparent. They're translucent balls of light that hover over the ground. Um, they're believed to be souls of humans and animals. Um, thought The thought behind this is that the circular shape makes it easier for them to move. They're generally white or blue, but can come in many colors, including red, yellow, and orange. Some people believe that this is an indication of a person's chakra which apparently, as we discussed before, people think I'm purple. Um, no, that's aura. No, I, I don't know. I, aren't they related? They can, be, they can be related. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm no, just it's cool. Um, but when photographing, uh, backscatter is used to describe the way that the light can capture particles in the air and nearly... Sorry, my cat's coming. invisible to the human eye when tracked through photos many of them travel in unusual paths some people claim that they can see faces in these orbs as well what i was going to say about this is actually the bar that the three of us worked at before it was our bar i had two really good friends that worked there and <laughs> Sorry, my zoo is fighting. Who is that? <laughs> the door. It's my dog's birthday. Wait, um, who's jumping on you right now, though? Gomez was on my lap. He got in a fight with another cat. <laughs> then Ivy's trying to break it up. Back to orbs. Um, so the bar we worked at before it was our bar. I had two friends that worked there. Um, they both told me their own stories about that place, but I'm going to mention orbs right now, and I'll tell you another one on another day. Keep it interesting. He felt like at one point when he was behind the bar, something grabbed his butt, um, but nothing was there. And a few days later, their alarm system tripped and the owner at the time had lived upstairs. He came down with a baseball bat. As soon as you walked in the bar, the alarm stopped going off. There was nobody there. There was no sign that someone had broken in. And he looked at their security tapes and there were a whole bunch of orbs by um the bar and they all scattered as soon as he walked in the door whoa and so then my friend who felt like his butt got grabbed he was like all right i'm not even kidding i know this sounds weird can you rewind to this day at this time i know where i was standing and sure enough there's a little orb right by his fanny oh booty I actually have a quick orb story also, and it is one of my favorite stories. If if we have time, I can quick and go into it. Yeah, for sure. Last year, me and my partner, Joe, went to Salem around 
this time last year uh, for my birthday. Earlier the day, I'm actually looking at a picture from that day right now. Um, we like kind of were walking around and I told him to go into this one like little graveyard and the graveyard just didn't look real. Like all the like decoy graveyard. Is it what? It was a decoy graveyard. Like someone just put it there to throw you off. No, I mean, it, uh, Salem um, started knocking down and getting rid of a lot of their stuff because they were ashamed of the witch trials. And then when they realized that it was like good for tourism, they started kind of like rebuilding and like, like making more stuff. Mm-hmm. So to me, it did kind of look like a decoy cemetery because it said it was one of the oldest cemeteries. The gravestones just looked really weird. And it looked like it was just something that like they might have picked up a great like a cemetery from somewhere else and put it there instead. Wow. Mm. Um, so we were walking around and I remember there was like this weird little baby gravestone. And I was like, go stand there in the baby gravestone. Let me take a picture of you. Because I brought nothing but film with me. I didn't bring any digital. But like later that night, we were walking to a bar and we ran into a guy with a top hat who was doing a ghost tour. So I begged Joe to do it with me. We did it. We ended up going to the cemetery. Joe started taking all these pictures. And later after the, um, the ghost tour and when we, after we went to the bar, he started going through the pictures and you can see an orb come up out of the like rapid fire pictures that he took an orb come up from where that baby gravestone was, which he has a story about the baby gravestone and they buried a little girl alive there basically. <gasps> but there's um, an orb that comes up from there, travels up into like this tree and then starts moving. Cause the guy told us to email him with weird shit. So I was just assuming that Joe was going to email the dude. And all of a sudden I hear him in the other room at our Airbnb and he goes, hello, Mr. Ghostman. I think I got something. <laughs> <laughs> The best part about this is right after Joe did that, Sam calls me. I need to go get that film developed. But all right, enough about orbs. Well, I was going to say, about- I have an orb story. Yeah. Um, it's actually very quick. So when my I was 15 at the time, and my whole family rented a beach house down at the shore. So my little cousins were there. My one little cousin was like three years old. He was like tight. Like we like chilled. So we were like walking down to the beach at night and I think like my aunt came with us and it's just me and T and he's like, you know, three holding my hand walking on this beach because I was like, you're going to fall on your ass because you have no coordination. And at some point he goes, look, there's a ghost and like points. And for like at that exact moment, which was like weird movie stuff, my aunt took a picture of us. And I know it was that moment because he was pointing. Later, we got the picture, um, and it was on a digital camera, but we got the picture back, and there was a, like, giant, distinct, like, pearl white or orb right, like, in the line of his point. And I was like, holy shit. That's my orb story. Okay, back to ghosts. So, funnel ghosts are often spotted in homes or historical buildings and associated with hot spots. So, they usually take the shape of, like, a swirling tunnel or, like, a wisp or spiral of light, which is, it. usually we just see them on videos. Then there's demons. There's a couple kinds of like things that go into demons. And I do want to clarify that this is like within the context of haunting. This is separate from anthropomorphized demons. Um, so, so they're supernatural beings that can invade the home and attach to objects and, and inflict mental and physical torture. 
they can morph into any shape, but are generally like a black mass. And it's common for multiple demons to exist in the same location because they're like interacting with energy that's blocking them from going anywhere else, like crossing over. Are they like flocked to each other? I mean, I guess it would kind of depend on the spirit of the demon, but it did kind of seem like they were attracted to the same spot. So it might just be that they're attracted to each other. Okay. Well, well, also, I feel like in a lot of like exorcisms, you'll hear the host, and I'm doing air quotes, uh, say, uh, I am many or we are many. Yeah, 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 yeah. But the, a lot of that has to do with names. Um, names are really crazy, especially within demonology. One thing can exist under this a bunch of different names, and it can be one and many things at a time. I think we should. We just got to do like a whole episode on demons. So, kind of what Bats was talking about mm-hmm. is a demonically possessed human ent- entity. So, an e- evil spirit infiltrates a living person and controls their conscious energy. They're thought to have the greatest strength because they can, you know, move objects, hurt people, and kill. And they can also like maneuver a person's body and brain so that seems like a lot of work it's just a lot of manipulation i've never really looked into crowd demons so that's something actually this is something that i know you'll know because of shows yeah so and i was actually going to ask you have you ever taken a picture of a like show like when you're in like you're at the front taking a picture of the crowd um where there appears to be demons in the crowd and they have like like one guy for some reason has a distorted face or like there's a dude in the back who's like ah like looking all fucking weird yes and no uh i feel like that's a really loaded question that can take me down um a really long explanation <laughs> well i don't know i most of most crowd demons are like seem to be caught in like show like situations where it's like kind of dark okay. you know lighting is not great shit's like reflecting off other shit but they like kind of appear throughout the image like there's usually like two or three of them in like one picture they, you only see them in pictures yeah um and then there's shadow people so shadow people, uh, you can usually only see them out of the corner of your eye, but at high intensity, so you can look at them. Yeah, so you usually see them out of the corner of your eye, but if they're if they gain power for whatever reason, you can like turn and look at them and like see them. But at that point, it kind of crosses into like how we see demons. Yeah. So it's like kind of I don't know. I just, apparently at high intensity, you can look at them. uh, So it honestly sounds like shadow demons are really sad and they just want people to look at them. Um, Shadow people kind of really get to me a lot because I actually see a lot of things out of the corner of my eye constantly and I might be dying. But they are opaque and black as if you were to be looking into a black hole yet in a humanoid form. They can generally take the shape of blobs, animals, dismembered body parts, which is weird because here comes dismembered body parts with me again. Just <laughs> hand floating. Never mind. Like idle hands, baby. <clears throat> yeah, dude. Sometimes they have uh, unmoving faces, eyes, or mouths. They can move, but their movements range from fluid to choppy, which I've had fever dreams like that before where things like <laughs> move really fast or move really slow. So like, Ideas like that always 
fuck me up. So shadow people kind of like have this weird place in my brain. Well, um, you saying that makes this last point feel. Behavior of shadow of a shadow person depends on your emotional state, which is totally fucking true. Because if you're going through bouts of like paranormal uh, paranoia, why do I keep doing that? Anxiety, like it's going to make it worse. Like, and also like continuously seeing things out of the corner of your eye heighten anxiety and paranoia uh, paranoia. So it kind of fucks with your mental state a little bit more. So like shadow people, I feel like, are constantly trying to just engage you to make your mental state worse so you can fully acknowledge a full presence of them. And they don't even need to just do it by themselves. People do it to you when you say, I I see things. And then they're like, oh, well, you got to go. Yeah. Like, shadow people are fucked. Shadow people scare the shit out of me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Okay. Then there are etheric revenants. Fairly rare, but extremely dangerous. They su- they are suggested to have non earthly qualities and remarkably si- are, are remarkably similar to shadow people. They siphon energy from the targeted living being in the area. So it's basically super powerful. Huh. I I well that's what I was gonna say. Like the etheric, like I've never heard of that. I've just always assumed that that was just like a very powerful demon slash shadow person. So what if? Have- what if that's like a slender man? <gasps> Extremely I mean, rare, uh, dark figure with no face, moves really fast, uh, non-earthly qualities. Um, so you know, targets a certain area. What if that's slender man? Slender man is part of that because we've given slender man so much power. Slender man could have been described as a shadow person, but now, I mean, it also depends on who you're talking to, like what words are being used. Mm. All right, and then there's animal ghosts, which like pet cemetery all the way. Super sad. Generally not seen as a body though. So like that kind of, that kind of helps. Like you're not seeing it, but like you hear like whines and barks and scratches, but usually they're manifested due to neglect after they die. So it's like people not really paying respects to the animal, which is so sad. Well, I was going to say, so usually animal ghosts are just like parts of bigger hauntings. Usually it's like just one aspect of a larger haunting. So you're you're basically saying that if your house is haunted or your area is haunted with an animal ghost, it's more likely that it's not just an animal that's there? It could be that, but like usually when people experience animal ghosts it's after experiencing other types of ghosts okay so then there's doppelgangers they can project themselves in multiple places as beings that look the same and they can mimic the living they're usually harbingers of bad luck so if you see a familiar doppelganger they will most likely experience illness tragedy or death they may take the form of a person just to cause mischief though cool cool i hate that yeah i don't like it then there's Lemur, 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 you are, I don't know. So they're angry ghosts who like wander around. They're associated with darkness, doom, and misfortune. They're goth ghosts. So they generally, generally their lives were like cut short or they didn't have a proper burial or family to mourn them. Uh, They were really, the idea of them was really common throughout like the Roman Empire. And they used to set aside certain days in May just to appease these ghosts, which I think is really cute. Yeah. It's like sad orphan ghosts and 
people were like, we're, we're going to appease you one day. Cause yeah, man. Well, here's a bunch of honey. <laughs> here's a bunch of honey. Then there's Vortex Ghosts, which are super weird. I don't really know if they're actually ghosts. They're usually part of a bigger haunting also and like seen indoors. They're kind of like orbs almost because they're unobservable unless they're photographed. They're like long cigar or rod shaped dealios and they contain a thread like design. It almost looks as though they're like turning a screw in midair. Okay. Yeah. Which like, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I know Sam knows a good bit about amblians and stuff, but there's a lot of like cigar and rod shaped stuff that comes into alien sightings as well. Huh. Which if I you... wonder if that's maybe not as much ghostliness as it is like, alternate dimensional risk. Well, I mean, that, I mean, it does kind of depend on how you see ghosts. Like, do you see ghosts as a multidimensional being? No, that's Bigfoot. <laughs> there can't be more than one. Pork and a lot of those. No, but I do think that, like, if there is a lot of paranormal activity happening in one area, it is maybe the cause for, oh, no, I guess I do believe in certain ghosts being interdimensional traveling things i have this there's, weird there's theory. a theory that they're all the same like that like aliens ghosts angels demons it's all the same thing and they're all in multi-dimensional non-human intelligent life forms i have a that weird... i can get down with that it's just how we see them yeah yeah so then there's artificial ghosts which you want to talk go back to slender man for a second it's exactly what slender man is so it's <laughs> created from stories where people put meanings traits and names to things and then they're manifested. Like a tulpa, basically, it, right? Exactly. So crisis apparitions, uh, a vision of a person undergoing extreme trauma, usually appear during or shortly after a crisis, um, can be a vivid dream, hearing uh, a loved one's voice, feeling an unusual physical sensation or emotion at the time of the death or event. Theory is they are sending us uh, an SOS, which is kind of sad. One-time appearance and non-dangerous to to the participant. Yeah, so it that you're, it's very sad. It's like when someone's like, "I saw my mom. I wanted to call her. She didn't pick up," mm-hmm. and it's like, "Oh, very sad." Yeah. So those are like one-time <clears throat> appearances. Uh, residual hauntings kind of they they come back. So they're not actually the ghosts, but thought to be a replay of the ghost past. They're unaware and unaffected by the presence of mortals. They're believed to play back at the same time of day or time of year, and they and they can be removed. So you can, quote-unquote, exercise these ghosts. But yeah, this is where the tape recorder theory comes in. So it's residual images um, conceived in repetitive actions with high emotion. They ret- routinely exhibit stress and anxiety in a compulsory way, so they have to do it. They're believed to be the combination of charged ion particles, inductive fields, resonance, and electromagnetic fields. They generally occur during traumatic or stressful events and can be uh, and can just be high energy events. Though that negative energy is blasted into the atmosphere where it imprints and can become positive. Does that all of that make sense? Yeah, would you yeah. say that uh, residual ghosts are, I guess, among the more common of hauntings? Yeah, I mean, I feel like if it's if more than one person sees it, it's residual. Yeah. yeah. 
Um, also, if one person sees it more than one time, it's residual. Just a, an overarching term that you can like slap on a type of ghost. Yeah. It is thought that humidity, because water conducts electricity, may be able to hold the recording. And that cold temperature helps retain them because more there's more static energy in the air. Um, so the possible connection to water means that it connects to phases of the moon, which would explain why timing is a thing that matters. Science. Science. Yeah. So there's a whole bunch of ghosts that it could be. Resident, anniversary, battle, battlefield, ghosts of warning, crisis ghosts, a whole bunch of shit can be residual ghosts. Huh. Yeah. It's it's uh it's a pretty big one. It it covers a lot. Um, but then there's ancestral ghosts. Uh, they can take on different forms, sights, smells, and sounds. Family bounds surpass known restrictions on retrieving unconscious information. What? What did I mean by that? Oh, family bonds surpassed known restrictions on retrieving unconscious information. So basically, because you're bound by family, you can receive. The information they're trying to give you so like because you're family you can experience these ghosts they usually they like to bring new inf- news or information they're composed in our psyche and manifested through thought and sound projections and they can manifest themselves in many different forms of apparition cool yeah then there's ooh, elemental ghosts so <clears throat> elemental ghosts generally associate Associate it with a specific place or location and either above or below our levels of perceptions, the five senses, but rather realized as input by collective memory and recall. They're believed to be composed mainly from individuals' brain activity and perceived through projections of thought and sound. Um, They're composed of living energy that is vibrating at a frequency above our limits of perception which is like we are either tuned out to these frequencies or we are unable to contact them physically due to the human limitations. So these are basically like sprites, fairies, pixies, small luminescent orbs, the fey realm, fey lights, corpse candles, uh, will-o'-wisps, will-o'-thwips, will-o'-thwips, rods, um, basically all of the weird, like, things that everybody wants to plan tea parties with. It's the shit that, like, little kids are like, oh, you don't see that? It's those oh, things. Shit. It's, like, the things where, like, you can see it actively and someone else can't. From their probing stage, gross. Yeah, they baby. can be, <laughs> they can become self-realized as they induce things like bad dreams. That's one does. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this is also just like an extension of poltergeist. Because if they're yeah, I mean, they can be yeah. This is another one of those ones where it's pretty overarching. That's what I was saying. Like some of these are a little bit more specific, some of them are like super general terms. Right. Oh, so these guys are, you know, the reason why nobody can find things because apparently <laughs> not only do they induce bad dreams, but they steal your shit. They steal your shit. To oh, basically it. just get you peeved. Hate mm-hmm. that. A gainful interaction can occur when they realize their depths of interaction through invoking sadness or fear upon whoever the fuck they're trying to fuck with. With the realization that invoking these emotions from whoever they're trying to fuck with 
are the most potential interactions and they can enter a hyperactive stage. So they just basically gain the power. Yeah. Go into berserker mode like a serial killer. They're basically just composed of living energy that vibrates at frequencies above. Did I already read that? Above. I think I might have repeated myself. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Anything above normal perceived frequencies, by the way, is considered the sixth sense. And I just want to point out that guy was Bruce Willis the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you only get it if you Bruce, love Sonny. <laughs> and we all love Sonny. Um, okay, so there are like vessels. I'll just blow through this because it's kind of boring. There are inanimate ghosts uh, who take the form of objects via leftover energy. So there's haunted vehicles, there's ghost Beep. vessels. Time uh, out. You just said they were boring, and I guarantee your toaster's gonna like erupt on you later. Continue. That's fine. Um, it's not my toaster, it's Johnny's. Um, <laughs> so haunted vehicles and ghost vessels, they're accumulated energy for many people who died and only happens with older vehicles. So it's like tiny haunts throughout like a big vehicle make the vehicle haunted. Mm-hmm. Um, so ghost vessels uh, appear to be a vehicle and they're believed to be the like linked to the death of the human so this energy translates into the manifestation of the vehicle. Lincoln had this weird ghost train that used to like, so like basically when Lincoln died, they like carted him across the country on this train. And I hope it them. top speeds. <laughs> so at the end, they did go kind of fast. So they were just like, all right, this guy died. We want the whole country to see him. So they like kept him out so much longer than after his body was like decomposing. And they would, like, do all these crazy things to make the train smell decent. Um, But it never worked. And now on, what the fuck, in the early days of May at the Springfield Station, you are supposedly can see the train with a blue glow around it pull into the station, stop, blow its horn. Sometimes there's, like, a band playing. But that's, like, the last stop that Lincoln was at. That's fucking boring, dude. Just go and gross, get him out. Check out my fucking ghost train with the fucking like big a band. Porno. Yeah. Big band ghost trains. Smelly big band ghost train. I hate this. Never mind. No. Okay, it, guys. So this went a little bit longer than we thought. So again. we're going to make this a two-parter episode. Um, so next time, tune in for the rest of it, which is hauntings dark matter and ghost hunting equipment yeah it's mostly it's mostly dark matter dark energy and ghost hunting equipment yeah and explanations of i guess why hauntings really happen through dark matter yeah i mean it's mostly just me explaining what dark matter and dark energy i don't want to give people like too much of an idea it's this much info it's mostly ghost hunting which is super fun yeah well Thanks for tuning in. This is Area 215. Follow us on the internets at Area 215. No. Yeah, Instagram or Area 215. Our email is area215pod at gmail.com. Our Patreon. Find out what this drink is, baby. Patreon.com slash Area 215. Go get your drinks and stuff. Follow us on all the things. Give us ratings and things. And Ave Satanas. Sam Money Moth signing out.
Pasta la pasta. Something strange. Neighborhood. Who are you going to call?